This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of a law. Hey gang, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. With me, as usual, is Joel from the channel Caped. Joel, Joel, thanks for being here, man. Uh, always a pleasure, especially in this holiday season. It's a time for coming together, for remembrance, That's for right. cakes and pies. We are now in the Yule season, so, uh, you know, make sure to kiss your grandma and say hi to your folks at least once this year, because this is the time yeah. to do it. And, uh, you don't want to be gonna, a jerk about it. That's right. And if you're not going to do that, at least watch the Comic Pop Holiday Special. <laughs> the pluggy, empty. pluggy, plug. We just dropped it. It's just so silly and stupid. And it, don't worry. Uh, you know, one of the big concerns we had was that it was going to... People were going to be like, what is this? Is this what you're going to start doing from now on? You know, that kind of thing. So we skipped a year. I was just like, no, we're... This is We just do this in addition to it. And we don't use any of the patron funds for it. So it's... <laughs> It's just on our dime. It's on our time. There's no reason to to be to be worried about it or upset in any way. Um, it's, it's it's funny you say you use no funds, but before we started here, we had a whole conversation about how I was tricked by the production values. I'm like, man, they actually filmed this at a Victorian castle, man. That's right. But one of our own works at a university, and so I paid no money to use that location. <laughs> I never pay for pay for locations if I can help it. Free ninety nine, the best way to go. That's right. That's right. So uh, today's topic is a retrospective, if you will, or a look back on comic book superhero movies, uh, or just comic book movies, but mostly just superhero movies, that came out in 2016. We're going to look back at those movies that there we were reviewing and analyze. We've had full weekly poll episodes about one movie from this year. We're going to look at all of them and kind of look back and say, you know, were my feelings on them justified, you know, given some time, maybe some rewatchings. Have Some extended editions. Yeah, extended editions, exactly. Um, let's talk about it. So uh, I guess we can go in order. You know, we let's. can go down the list. The first one that came out, which was a dark horse, kind of set the tone, or at least tried to, for comic book superhero movies that came out in 2016 was Deadpool. Came out in Valentine's Day, and it actually kind of earned that because at heart it was a romance movie. It was. Although... Uh, Superhero movies are no stranger to the Valentine's Day season. Um, Daredevil, starring Ben Affleck, was released on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember because I saw it on Valentine's Day in 2003. What a Valentine's Day massacre that was. My girlfriend at the time was disappointed we had to go on Valentine's Day, but at the end of the day, I think both of us were pretty disappointed. Uh, <laughs> and, and you grew closer in your mutual exactly. disappointment. No, we both were like, why do we waste our time with that? I guess we could have just had sex. So uh, it's Dar like going through a war together, man. Yeah, we could have just enjoyed ourselves. Maybe gone to a restaurant or a picnic. I chose Daredevil. You had ben to see Colin Farrell Irishing it up as Bullseye. Ah, bullseye. Like why? All right, but uh, we're talking. Oh, I Deadpool. want a costume. But the release of the release of Deadpool was just okay. So they put that out there. You know why? Because that's where movies go to die. They release movies yeah. in January and February. They release horror movies in January and February. And they release movies that they don't think are going to perform and don't want to get in the way, clutter up their big money-making season. 
it's literally the studios dumping their trash. It's the fuck you, it's February, fuck you, it's January season. We got to get these out at some point. Exactly. So, uh, Deadpool comes out. We're all kind of excited. The marketing is the first thing we see about it, and then we've and and convinces most of us to go. I mean, I, I don't know if I needed convincing. I mean, we ran a comic book channel. We had to go see Deadpool. But I was kind of like, this looks this looks kind of fun. And interesting how they chose to do the marketing. It was mostly just Ryan Reynolds going out in the Deadpool costume and being like, hey, aren't I funny? Ain't I charming? Come see the movie, please. Yeah, and you know what? It worked, and uh, it maintained its hard R rating. It maintained the spirit, the costume, the uh, incontinuity jokes and whatnot of Deadpool, and I think it worked out. Yeah, the irreverentness, it really was, like you mentioned, the dark horse winner of the year. I don't think anybody expected Deadpool to do as well as it did with the rating it did, with the content it did, and the fact that everyone kind of seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, by and large, if you didn't like Deadpool, it's because you don't like those types of movies. It wasn't because it was a bad comic book movie. It was just because any movie starring Ryan Reynolds in which he's a serving, you probably don't like Van Wilder either. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, that movie is great because it's kind of the X-Men movie we all wanted. It, because yeah. after so many X-Men movies that were so self-important and so self-aggrandizing and so self-absorbed and so self-contradictory, it, mm -hmm. it, it was nice to see a movie about kind of uh, that kind of exemplified that selfishness in one character, but also was a critique on the entire genre, not just X-Men, but also all superhero movies. Making that big joke about the superhero landing. Oh, they're doing the superhero landing. Ah, oh, so impractical. Yeah, he was it's so impractical. He, uh, and of course, it's out on Blu-ray. You could buy it now. I own it. Watched it. I bought it the day it came out. Not at my behest, but rather because Tiffany was like, I gotta own Deadpool. Is it out? Purchased it, watched it, loved it. It's still fun. Holds up. Um, it does. I don't know if it's it has the rewatchability of Dread, where I can literally watch mm. Dread anytime, and it takes about seventy minutes of my life. It's true. Deadpool is still cons uh, considerably short, fun, great, uh, and and well cast. You know. Oh it yeah. It wasn't a garbage pile. It was just a, it was just a fun movie that didn't. I didn't yeah. I think the smaller scale, too, at least for me, really helped with the charm. Deadpool wasn't trying to save the world. He wasn't trying to stop a big blue laser from getting shot up into the sky. It was a simple revenge story and a simple romance story on top of it. It's true. The comparison to Dread was not just subconscious. It was also because, like, Dread was a movie where it's like, take this one character who we all like and enjoy and who might have had a misfire a couple of years ago for being for going too big. And they were like, let's put him in one hallway and shoot that hallway eight times. Deadpool was, let's take this one fun character and take away all the action sequences <laughs> and see if it works out. And it still manages to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Also, you know, it was a movie that used other characters better than they'd ever been used in anything Colossus. else. Colossus is amazing in this, and they turn him into basically the voice of the kinder, gentler, not R-rated superhero movies. He's the, like, you know, eat your green vegetables, say your prayers type superhero. Well, hilariously enough, he's the only X-Man who's ever been a superhero, because every other X-Man, including Colossus in the X-Men movies, has been all about the internal struggle. It's always been about uh, fighting against the power that's mm -hmm. oppressing them. This Colossus is the Colossus you recognize from the comic books. He was great, wasn't he? He was awesome. I kind of hope he carries over that we bring him Me into too. the actual X-Men movies. 
Also, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Oh man, Great I mean, su such a fun. I mean, she's back in the comics now because the lady who did her in the movies was so great. What I think is genius about the Negasonic Teenage Warhead character is that in a movie that is, you know, filled to bursting with 90s nostalgia, I love that you have this one lone millennial voice who gets Deadpool but isn't really amused by Deadpool. That's it. And I think. It's amazing that the movie can even make fun of itself. Yeah, because that's a great observation of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. She is the the Twitterverse reacting to Deadpool trying too hard. Yeah, you're you know? funny, I guess. I guess that would be funny to a bunch of 30-year-olds. You know, that kind of thing. Like, it's, <laughs> it's clever. And also, uh, great reimagination of the character really elevated her to something else. Like, turned her into a character that you could actually use more than once. Thanks, Grant Morrison. She, um, she actually had an X-Men costume, too, but we'll talk more about that later. I do love that X-Men costume that she wore in that movie. It's I, awesome. I, yeah, and I like, I, I kind of wish that Colossus had a matching one. <laughs> but I like that his was kind of like reminiscent of the old Acolytes uniform. It was mm. kind of fun. It was just a cool movie. Again, again, 90s nostalgia there. It's like, let's put him into what he was wearing around the same time as Deadpool. So the question is, Deadpool, worth the hype? Does it still mm. hold up? I say yes. Yeah, I would say yes as well. Mm. And I think, I think it's proved to have amazing crossover appeal, too. I know... When I was traveling this year, going around riding planes and everything, every plane had Deadpool on it, and I saw a bunch of people watching and really enjoying Deadpool who don't look like your standard comic book fans, so awesome. thumbs up for crossover appeal. Agreed. I thought you were going to say, like, crossover appeal, everybody wants now Deadpool in their movies. Like, Well, that's also true. I, get, like, I bet there was some kind of talk at Fox where they were like, I'll bet the Marvel people want to have Deadpool pop up in one of their movies at some point. They like being self-referential. Why not Deadpool? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, how do you think this Ryan Reynolds Deadpool would interact with, like, the established Disney Marvel universe? Or do you think because everyone is so funny and charming, he mm. would seem a little weird? I wonder. I think he's a little more hard-edged, so I think he would be quick to undercut everybody being kind of interchangeably quippy and amazing. I guess. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, oh, oh, Iron Man, you are so just delightfully witty and charming. If it weren't for the fact that you were a raging alcoholic and a complete narcissist, I think you might actually have a friend or two. And, you know, like I some like... kind of real biting sarcasm. <laughs> or, or be like, oh, he, he, here, here comes Vision, here comes Vision. He's going to say something insightful and also, you know, out of touch at the same time. Yeah. Ooh, here comes Vision. Don't let him solve all your problems because he'll cost too much. Anyway. Because <laughs> he's literally a god. Hey, hey, Scarlet Witch, don't get mad. Blink us all out of existence now. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, comic book reference. You guys don't do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aw. But yeah, so Deadpool, I think we, we both agree, holds up, still worth it. And if you don't own it already, go pick it up. Deadpool was so great, too, in the skewering of the X-Men movies. I think when we eventually talk about it, it actually greatly influenced my enjoyment of the actual X-Men movie that came out that year. I'll, I have a different experience as a result of Deadpool for the X-Men movie. We'll talk about that when we get there. Cool. Uh, next one up was what I... Okay, I prognosticated this was going to be the biggest movie of not just the year, but kind of of the genre because of what it represented, what it, what, what it meant, and what we've been waiting for forever. Batman v Superman, Dawn of yeah. Justice, was uh, kind of, I think there was a lot of, uh, there was a cloud over it, not just the self, uh, oh, yes. the self-created cloud of darkness and misery and grounding. Darkness, no parents. Yeah, darkness, dead parents. Um, 
Man, how fun does that one look? The Lego Batman movie. Have you seen the trailer for that? I don't know. It's really fun. I don't know if I get the. I don't know if I get Lego stuff. We'll see. Neither did I. What I loved about that Lego Batman trailer is that it was actually sticking up a middle finger at the live action movies with Batman being like, Superman is my arch nemesis. But the joke, but but I thought I was your arch nemesis. Nah. (laughs) Um, That's good. And ballsy, too, for an animated Lego movie. Yeah. Uh, so Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, I was not. I was. I was willing to go in with an open mind, despite my public opinion about Man of Steel. Mm-hmm, same. Uh, I think it does. Okay, so over overall, Batman v Superman comes out. It doesn't hit the way they expected, and you. the way I expected. You. And I don't mean that I expected to like it. I just mean I expected everybody else to like it. <laughs> You you guys saw it at Disneyland, which made me laugh. Yeah, Disneyland. I'm sure they were excited to show that movie. <laughs> I also saw it in 3D, which really didn't help because it was already so dark and raining, and it was hard to see. And we were in a weird corner, but like, oh, I saw it again and again. So I, my opinions on this movie have not really shifted so much as they're just like, what a misstep. I don't want to yep, say that I- it was a mistake or that it was a misfire or that it was bad, but it was a mis- it was a misstep. I, I watched it again last night, actually, the extended cut, because Matt and I were doing our big Christmas riff that we're going to put up. So it's like, hey, what's three hours we can kill and talk endlessly That'll about it? Yeah, it was. And, you know, I think what we both kind of came away from that watching it together and discussing it. It's like, wow, you really overthought this to death, didn't you? Yes. Uh, not just that. You could tell. OK. My biggest critique of Batman v Superman, which I think I think still holds up, is. You can't have the guy who made the ultimate Superman deconstruction movie, Watchmen, make a Superman movie. Yeah. And it's obvious Zack Snyder doesn't like Superman and doesn't like dealing with him. And I just read, I just watched a uh, an interview with him recently in which he talked about how you can't have Batman and Superman talk to each other for too long. Or else you will realize that there's two clowns wearing silly costumes and you'll hate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself sideways, you jock bro dude douchebag. Because he's, he's got to hit the tire, bro. Because like he said, he basically says you can't take the superhero genre seriously. Yeah, which we know he doesn't. Which we know he doesn't. And I, it, it it represents for me a fundamental problem that Warner Brothers has with their genre. And it's just that they don't re- understand slash they, respect it, or they think they understand, but they don't. They, I don't think they. Un- I don't think they think they understand it. I think that they're trying to work around it. It's why there's a lot of pseudo psych 101 theology bullshit in that movie. First where, year philosophy student, yeah, exactly. Where Lex Luthor's talking about God, but the things you're hearing Lex Luthor say about God and about like humanity and and our place in the world and what whatever those are the things you hear a college freshman say thanksgiving yes. and, the, and the fact that he's consistently losing the metaphor throughout oh the movie where it's like oh, i i hate god but superman's a demon so i'll build doomsday who is the devil who will kill the demon <laughs> god who i hate who is me but also dark side ding ding wow i can't believe no one stepped in to stop him at any point at during no that point no uh, it just just a just a complete mishandling of 
the story. Despite that, people who really had a stake in that movie were trying really hard. The Bat costume is great. Ben Affleck yeah. was, and I said this out loud before the, the everybody got on the uh, on board. I thought Ben Affleck was going to be okay because I like Ben Affleck as an actor. Mm-hmm. He 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 gets Batman. Thanks, of course, I think to his friendship with Kevin Smith and his constant oh, exposure to the character. But uh, he gets Batman, and he gets it, and he likes it. This Batman was a nice mixture of detective work and punching people and, you know, doing all the Batman stuff where, you know, other versions of the character might have just stuck to one or the other. He did some cool shit, even though this Batman has more in common with Asriel than any other yes. version of Batman as he shamelessly murders people with guns. This is a, this is a murderous Batman. The thing and about, a murderous Superman, too. Yeah, but fact, first scene we see him and he punches an African dictator through the wall, which really hurts the movie when the entire ideological battle between Batman and Superman is like, I don't trust you. You're dangerous. I don't trust you. You're dangerous. And I'm like, actually, you're both horribly dangerous. I don't yeah. trust either one of you. Yeah, one of you I, has I have power no from the stars. The other one has you, has power of money. And both of you are equally dangerous on this planet. He didn't both kill the di- African dictator, yes. but he would have. It's just that they were like so sensitive to that bullshit about Man of Steel and how Superman killed all those thousands of people, people were just like, oh, we can't have him kill that guy. So then we'll say off camera that like, he's okay. But even he though- He punched him through two walls. I don't know how fragile you think the human body is, Zack Snyder. You get punched through not one, but two stone walls. Yeah, you're, you're dead. Hit, you're hit by a freight train and it plows you through two brick walls or stone walls, you'll die. And you'll Keep die in mind, an inglorious, not- mushy death. Oh, yeah. Keep in mind, not two seconds before that, Superman, you know, did basically the same move to a drone and destroyed the shit out of that. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah. Um, So anyway, but we don't want to delve into the minutiae. We're just going to talk about the fact that, like, hey, listen, uh, Batman v Superman came out. It was it was met with mixed results. I think that's the way to say it after the fallout, because everybody was like, "It, it sucks. Everyone hates it. Then a big groundswell of people were like, it actually is really smart. Hello. Uh, they talk about God and philosophy. Like, no. Um, but it was interesting to see the kind of mixed results that movie had. In retrospect, I've caught it on HBO a couple times. I've watched it a couple times again. You saw the extended cut. Um, I did. There are shades of things that work. But every time they're trying to get you to like it, oh yeah, it falls apart. The, the biggest disappointment to me is that in a movie that is supposed to all be about, you know, Superman defending his right to exist and his right to be a hero and they have a million real world talking heads talking about the issue and Batman talks about it to no end and Lex talks about it to no end. Superman never defends himself in the whole movie and never gets to say a word on why he should exist. And I think that's real bullshit and proof that Snyder doesn't even really like Superman. He doesn't like Superman. I don't even think that Superman needs to defend himself verbally. You know, like I I thought I was kind of excited to see the courtroom scene, which, of course, they blew up in like a Michael Bay fashion. Once we're about to have some like actual conversation. Kaboom. Uh, But uh, but Superman speaks with his actions he he does he's a doer and the the way that superman usually changes the hearts and minds of people is by rescuing them or proving that he isn't a phony this superman is so put upon and tired of like having to help people in just two movies like no one wants him to help 
both his parents sent him horrible mixed messages. Even Ghost Dad sends him horrible mixed messages. It's just a mess. Just a mess. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, you know, it gives us Wonder Woman, which I still maintain to this day is just a field test. They were just like, we oh don't, for sure, we don't know if we want to risk making a Wonder Woman movie and spending a bunch of money. We'll put her in this movie. If the if the response is good and positive, people if people say out loud they saw this movie because they wanted to see Wonder Woman, then we will take the risk and we still won't spend it nearly as much on that movie as we will on this movie. Yeah. You know how you know Wonder Woman is an afterthought, and indeed the whole fight with Doomsday was an afterthought. Because again, I watched the movie last night and yeah. clocked it. That fight with Batman and Superman, that's like two hours in. That's like the length of a regular movie. They do it. They're done. It's all been resolved. Yep. And yet, oh crap, we got to go fight a big monster so we can have Wonder Woman in here too. Yeah, yeah just a mess. Uh, but in retrospect, and having seen the extended cut... <clears throat> uh, was Batman v Superman? Did it live up to the hype, and did it live up, or does it does it deserve the maligning that it receives? Okay, I, in its defense, I will say I don't think anything could have lived up to the hype to it because it was literally hyping it up to like the second coming of Christ levels. Yeah, <sighs> but even still, it was still a muddled, confused mess. Yeah. From a guy who I don't think really likes the source material, who tried to marry way too many different stories and images that he liked. He was like, oh, I really like Dark Knight Returns, so I got to put this in here. And ooh, Injustice sold really good, so I want to put some Injustice <laughs> in sure here. Did. And God. Death of Superman sells a lot of issues, so let's put some Death of Superman in there. It doesn't matter that these stories are incredibly different and have no business being together, and that this is the second movie in building our universe. We'll put it together anyway. Yeah, F that. What a waste. No, no rhyme or reason. Yeah. A lot of missteps, a lot of mistakes, a lot of a lot of fixing. A lot of like that's the problem is that this was the second DC Cinematic Universe movie to date, and they had to do damage control again. Like each movie yep. that they make has it's to address the mistakes they made in the last one, which is not good filmmaking and not a good way to build a universe. No, no, it's like uh, yeah. It's like having a. It's like having crises too close together, or proof that you <laughs> needed to have them too close together. It was actually kind of in keeping with old school DC. So, uh, mm. Batman v Superman. Next one out of the gate was another one that was hyped to death. That was that had huge expectations, and uh, at the end of the day, I only saw it once. Captain America: really? Civil War. <laughs> really, I've seen it a handful of times. It's on Netflix right now, in fact. Oh, nice. I, I own it on Blu-ray. I can watch it anytime. But like. Captain America Civil War, uh, capitalizing. Both movies wound up capitalizing or trying to capitalize on comic book recognition. You know, like, yeah. Batman v Superman's obvious Dark Knight overtones. Captain America uses the book that sold the best at Marvel in their title. Um, and, and yet it remixes just, it in interesting ways. Yeah. Not too interesting. Like, I expected them to be like, no, Tony Stark's all about the free market and, and free enterprise and making your own and, and manifest destiny. So he should be on the pro reg or on the on the anti-registration side. And Captain America is kind of more uh, of a soldier and shit. He should be more on the pro registration. Nope, they, they just went with the comic books. They did, but they also, you know, tried to make it more personal for each member of the team there, you know, is what they tried to do with it. Remember when they reshot that scene that has... Uh, uh, Black Mariah in it. They like added her in in post. Did they really? Yeah, they they like they were they were done with the movie and then they went like it's not personal for Tony Stark. Put the lady who plays Black Mariah <laughs> in the Luke Cage show 
Oh, is that the same actress? Yeah, which is like I did not catch that. And when people said, "Hey, isn't she going to be in the Luke Cage show?" Isn't that is she playing the same character? They were like, "No, she's just a great actress. We just love using her." And everyone was like, "Does that mean that you guys don't really work together as far as movies and TV go?" And they're like, "No, they're all connected." That's that's too funny because one of the talking heads on the World Security Council also showed up as a big evil Hydra guy on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. But they were sure to be like, no, 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 he's actually the same actor and he's actually playing the same character. Yeah, they brought Powers Booth in. That was a great idea. Was fucking amazing. He's great in that season. Yeah, if you're going to bring back anyone from the World Council, you got to bring back Powers Booth. Uh, Damn right. But, uh, but yeah, that's where the comparisons kind of end. It's why all the Netflix series refer to the incident, but not the one in Sokovia or anything else in any of the movies. Movies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, no, no, Langley, actually, I think that she was cast in Luke Cage and then they brought her in, in post after Civil War. But, uh, that being said, uh, Captain America Civil War could have been a mess as well. Oh yeah. Because of all they the They juggle a lot of balls. It's basically Avengers 2.5. It's the third Captain America movie. Introduces Black Panther and Spider-Man in the same movie. And, of course, we all know that they introduced Black Panther because they were pretty sure they weren't going to get Spider-Man. Then they got Spider-Man. And then they were like, ah, we'll do both of them. And, yeah, why not? And, and people reacted positively to both. And it wasn't... I, I, kind, I thought it was a little busy when I was Did watching you know? it. Did you know? I, I thought it was a little much. Not that not Black Panther. I just mean like there were a lot of characters. I was a little worried that their reach was going to exceed their grasp. I was worried for them, even though they're <laughs> they've proven themselves more than capable. That said, uh, it works. It it it, it works. Um, no, no one takes up more time than they need, which I appreciate. No, it's true. Uh, and it didn't feel. It didn't feel inauthentic or inorganic. It didn't feel like they were tr- they were like, okay, you've been on screen too much, so now we got to move on to this character. Like, okay, you you need you you cost too much, so you need to leave. Like, no, everybody kind of made sense. And it did feel like a Captain America movie too, even though it was basically Avengers two point five. Cap shoulders the emotional weight of everything that's going on, and I mean, really, the crux of the movie is: Do I pick between my new friends, my old friend, or the country of whom I, you know, wear the flag exactly. of? Exactly. No, I. Everybody who is an, a legitimate main character, and I don't mean just like Spider Man, like or everybody who's a legitimate main character pretty much has an arc. Or at least goes through some significant shift. Bucky yeah. is still a plot device. I still have a problem with Bucky as far as, like, he, I don't care about him, his struggle, or people caring about him too much. Tiffany has a totally different opinion. She was like, I care about him. He, the movie's about him, and it's about his, like, redemption, and it's really... And I'm like, the fact that multiple people have these opinions means the movie kind of works because it mm. it's not that people either like it or don't like it it's that people see different characters as the main character and they see different uh, they they derive different meanings from from those movie from from the same movie which means that works like i think it works on multiple levels also, much like Batman v Superman, but I think handled in a much better way, Civil War was about heroes fighting for their right to exist and do what they do, but they actually tackled that issue and what it meant. Yeah, I think this movie was actually a little more mature than the actual comic book Civil War. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't the it? Comic book Civil War. <clears throat> well, here, it's like everyone had a much better argument. Tony just wasn't browbeaten into this. 
by an upset mother. He kind of you kind of bought what he was doing, and also they kind of make the argument too. It's like being Iron Man is as much an addiction for Tony Stark as all the other addictions he had. So much to the point he chased Pepper Potts away. Yeah. I really like that, and it really carries over from Iron Man 3, where he's, like, obsessed, and he can't sleep, and, like, maybe it's not that you have PTSD, maybe it's the fact that, like, you're just obsessed with being Iron Man. Like, that's Maybe cool. it's you, yeah. Yeah, it's a very mature thing to be like, hey, your heroes aren't perfect, everyone. Your heroes have a lot of issues. It's very Marvel, isn't it? Yes, uh, but at the same time, nobody didn't act heroically. You know, it didn't, yes. it didn't undercut who the who the heroes were, and... You know, it, like like the way Age of Ultron was like a deconstruction, more or less. Like Joss Whedon's like, I hate superheroes, and they're all bad. You know, like it, it, this was actually like handled. It was a great proving point for the Russos to be like, mm -hmm. don't worry, you don't need nerd Jesus Joss Whedon. <laughs> we can actually make a competent superhero movie and have high flying character like ridiculousness. It's it's funny, too. I would actually say Civil War makes me like Age of Ultron a little more because you couldn't have Civil no. War without happened in Age of Ultron. It jumps right off with the Sokovia Accords, even the villain and his connection to what happened there. But that's what you do when you got continuity and you know how to handle it. When you give it to good creators, the continuity still works. Even if you don't like what happened, what happened should carry over. Which is interesting, by the way, because you got the same thing with Batman v Superman. Man of Steel... You can't have BVS without Man of Steel, as far as the story goes. Until they want to turn it into something else. Exactly. You know, like, it, whatever. And we were done with that one, so. And even uh, even the big final battle, too, there, between Cap and Iron Man and Bucky. What I dig about that scene, and what I agree that it's quite mature about... What they're angry about and what they've been fighting for for the rest of the or for the first part of the movie are two different things, and to see it all kind of come to a head like that, I thought was actually really well done. Agreed. Uh, did Civil War live up to the hype, and uh, is it not really as great as everybody remembers? I'm gonna say it lived up. I certainly enjoyed it. I definitely say would it be a high point of this year. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's a high point of the Marvel Universe. This is like, this is the movies we can make when we have continuity and shared universes and everything. Yeah, I liked this. This was the one, this is, this Mar I liked this Marvel movie the most out of all the Marvel movies that came out this year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. I, I would agree with you on that one. And it wasn't just because I got to see all these characters all doing things, and it wasn't just because Spider-Man was in it for 20 minutes. That was icing. That was icing on an already solid story. If Civil War was literally just Cap and Iron Man and that's it, no other characters were in it, it still would have been really awesome. Yeah, because they had a good story and a good through line, and again, built up on the continuity put by the other movies and everything else the Russos had built in a Winter Soldier. Not only that, but they also proved it was a it was a way you know the way the BVS like proved you can have Wonder Woman in a movie. This one was like we can do a big all the care we can we can we can pull off Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, because yeah, they will now. I mean, I think the Russos got more power and more responsibility now kind of off the back of this, well, which I can't wait learn to see. <laughs> from Spidey yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, with great power, guys. You, you may have heard it once or twice. It's a bumper sticker. Yeah, um, but that said, let's move on to the next one, which is another Marvel movie, but not made by Marvel. X-Men Apocalypse came out right after that, which yeah. I don't envy Brian Singer at nope. all. Uh, nope. X-Men Apocalypse uh, promised to carry over all the things you liked from Days of Future Past. 
which I did really like Days of Future Past, and I really liked First Class. First Class is probably my favorite of the X-Men movies, I'm not afraid to say. I enjoyed uh, First Class. I liked Michael Fassbender the most out of all of that movie. Oh, he's great. Uh, I really liked Days of Future Past because it felt like a culmination of everything. It was a great time to stop. Even though it was also kind of a react of being like, oh, we gotta, we gotta make this series profitable again. We gotta put it all back in order. People are confused because we did a prequel. What the hell do we do? New actors, old actors. Yeah. But you're right, they made it work though. Well, it it, sh it it also it implied that Brian Singer really knows what he's doing, despite the fact that Brian Singer has made some solid movies. All of them are tiny and 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 old. You know, like Usual Suspects yeah. or Apt Pupil. You know, like these are little movies that he just ma manages to handle really, really well. X-Men 2, I think, is still kind of amazing compared to most of the X-Men movies. It's it's good, but I think, you know, too, it's funny how the X-Men movies kind of work as this time capsule. And, you know, like, you know, X-Men 2 is really good, but it's also like, yeah, that's what we were doing at that time with the black leather oh, and all yeah. the other stuff. And even Apocalypse Now, I'm just kind of like, mm, I think you guys are a little behind the curve, actually, oh, of what's time. going on with the other companies. And I think you sort of showed your hand here. And to bring it back to Deadpool, with Deadpool constantly making fun of like, oh, God, which professor split timelines are so complicated. Oh, geez, your mansion gets blown up every week. Only to have that stuff happen in this movie, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Deadpool really had the number of this movie, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so X-Men Apocalypse comes out, and no one has any charisma, and no. the story is totally kind of, like, it's not even by the numbers, because the numbers aren't even the same numbers anymore. Like, those are ten years ago's numbers, they once again chose to build it around Jennifer Lawrence, even though she don't give a fuck. She fell asleep halfway through Days of Future Past, and she has not woken up yet. She doesn't even wear the blue makeup for the bulk of this movie. Her That's how over this she is. is predicated on wearing that fucking makeup. She is so over it. Uh, the fact that they jumped ahead another 10 years, which, you know, was a good idea in days and really cool in first class. Here it's just like, whoa, 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 I missed a whole other fucking movie here in 10 years. Yeah. Really? <sighs> okay, so... Does it live up to the hype, and does it? Is it worth the criticism it received? We'll get into the nitty-gritty after that. It's... Honestly, I think it was boring. It I was, thought X-Men Apocalypse was really boring. It was a waste. It, it it was the proof we need that X that Fox needs to stop. It needs a shot in the arm. They need to do something different. They either need to let a new person, you know, be at the helm. Again, bring Vaughn back. Vaughn looked like he liked this shit. Yeah, and he, he made that one. It was weird that he wasn't that he wasn't even in involved. Uh, I think that was I think that was Singer flexing his muscles, being like, Nope, nope, I'm coming back to this now. Yeah. Yeah, if it was terrible, it would have been at least delightful to watch. This was forgettable and boring. I, I have nothing good to say about it. I have nothing bad to say about it. Even the stuff they do that's kind of cool, they did better in the other X-Men movies where it's like, oh, but Magneto does cool shit with metal and kills a guy, yet not as cool as the ball thing or as the coin thing. Yeah, but Quicksilver runs around to a cool song. Oh, he did yet that not already. Not as good as Time in the Bottle, though. This The whole movie is diminishing returns. And then, you know, even the thing I was most excited for, the young X-Men, 
they drop the ball on that too yeah. by not really having them factor in the movie at all, sticking them in horrible black armor costumes, yeah. and then also having the gall to tease doing the Phoenix. And I'm like, oh my god, that was weak. I was really kind of excited because, for my money, I was like, okay, if they want to fix X Men, or if they want to, if they want to keep this universe going with these with these young folk, and do the Phoenix, steal from Guardians of the Galaxy. If you're not going to make the deal with Marvel, put set it in the 90s and put them in space. I think that's the only place they can go now with it because they've like they've done the time travel movie, they've done the period piece movie. Yep. And they've I, done the disaster movie, now you got to do the space movie. Cuz at least it'd be kind of fun to see. I don't mean that it would be uh, like I, I, I'm not saying threaten Marvel's control over all those characters because I want Marvel to have Galactus back and Silver Surfer and all that shit, mm. but you still got plenty of other characters you could you could do the, you could just do one X Men movie with the Brood or one X Men movie with the Shi'ar or that'd be cool or just the Phoenix Force that's it like we went into space we didn't find anything and boom like. <laughs> Like, can, can we talk? Can we talk to about the sad case that is Oscar Isaac, who you know blew everyone away in Star Wars, was riding super high, and yet get saddled with one of the most poorly fitting, poorly articulated supervillain costumes? Oh my god! I loved when the first fo publicity photo came out of Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. Everyone's like, "Wow, that sucks!" Yep. And you could tell they were done, and they were like, "Oh, it's not done." You. You think that you think that's the costume no, that we allowed no. a, 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 a a magazine to print? Oh no 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 no! It's not done. It was done. It was done. It was absolutely done. Or the fact that they made a big deal. It's like, hey, we got Olivia Munn as Psylocke. She barely says two words in the whole goddamn movie, well, also, and she, Olivia she, Munn she sucks. tore. Her. What is she everyone's does. fucking obsession with this chick? Like, I get that Olivia Munn was like on Attack of the Show, which she always acted like she was better than. Yeah, but, but I liked Blair Herter more. I liked it when she hosted. She was great. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Uh, there was no enthusiasm for... Psylocke was wearing the costume. It was cool. I made a... I did a whole thing, actually, like, at the beginning of the year. Where I'm like, wow, everyone looks the way they should. But no for one a minute, at least. like they should or were given even enough screen time to do it. You know, let's not the... even forget about, like... There was one scene, my favorite scene in the whole movie, is... The mishandling of Angel. Oh, yeah. Who is somehow less interesting than the Angel who is in X3. Yeah, where we're doing, like, a fake masturbating scene of him cutting his wings up. Uh, that... But but he, but he they did play uh, Metallica's Four Horsemen song while he you was being it? a badass. And I was like, I'm in the theater, right? And I'm, by the way, Four Horsemen was played on the Kill 'Em All soundtrack from, like, 1984 or something. Mm -hmm. It was... It's an old school. It's like one of the first albums of Metallica. And it's 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 a great song, but it's like it's it's more metal than Metallica has been in thirty years. Yeah. And I'm watching this, and all of a sudden I hear this song that I know very well, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then I mm. realize it's it's because it has Horseman in the title. Of course, we gotta do. It. We gotta do. It. As the chat's saying too, but how cool was Storm's Mohawk? Storm's Mohawk was very cool. I wish she had more to do. Yeah, it's too bad she wasn't like a god. Everyone underestimates how powerful she is. Also, you gotta love Apocalypse's thing of like, I will gather the four most powerful mutants I can. So Magneto, Storm, and these two fucking jobbers I ran across. Yeah, and they whatever. Can make them I'm out of time.
<laughs> I got places to be, things to do. Yeah, total waste. Uh, it was just, yes, it was. It, it was the worst X Men. It could possibly be because mm. it was forgettable and boring, and wasted the potential that you raised with a successful movie. It just showed you didn't know what you yeah. were doing. It just shows it, you don't know what you're doing, and you don't really care either. At least, at least Origins can make me laugh. At least X3 can make me laugh with some of the poor choices they make. This one had all the potential in the world and had all the pieces of a good movie, and yet they just didn't make it work. No, X3 is like is like the guy who made Rush Hour made an X-Men movie. Brett Ratner! Which is exactly what happened, and it shows in every scene. Like, every casting choice is lazy that isn't already, like, in there. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah. uh, amazingly bad. I remember seeing X3 in the theater and going out and being like, that fucking sucked! And everyone around me being like, I had a good time! And if you think I, that it sucks, then you must think I'm stupid. And I'm like, no! And I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> oh, on, oh, oh we gotta talk about this, too. Xavier's hair loss. They feel they needed to write that into the movie and make that a big plot point. Yep. I mean, here, what's hilarious is the ending. Where they're like, look at the movie we should have made. Yeah. <laughs> with the cool costumes and everything. People people raked me over the coals when I complained about the black arm. Like, no, Joel, see, look at, look at this production photo. They're going to wear the costumes. Yeah, You'll the last see. Shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt very good about that. I felt very, yeah. I don't understand why they keep putting Jennifer Lawrence in these movies. Because yeah. she obviously doesn't want to be there. She isn't essential to the story. And you could write her out at any point. Well, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why, because they write the X-Men movies dependent on who's up in Hollywood at that moment. Hugh Jackman was really up, so that's why the first three all focused on Wolverine. I, think then, was, you know, I don't think it was that. I mean, I didn't even know who Hugh Jackman was until he but, was Wolverine. But they knew he'd be big, so that's why they write that's him Wolverine. around him. I think that's just the Wolverine effect. You put Wolverine, the Wolverine. in the movie, you're okay. And then that's why Fassbender was, you know, all over the first class thing. That's why that one focused so heavily on that's him. True. Then Lawrence was up and getting award buzz, and that's why Days of Future Past is all about her. And she was still up, so they're like, well, I guess we'll write this next one all around her, too. Yeah. I work with David O. Russell. Fuck you. I don't need to do this shit anymore. Yeah, and that's the problem with the X-Men movies on a whole. They're team... It's a team <laughs> comic book. movies! And yet they're never team movies because they always just single out one person. It's like, well, I guess it's about you now. Yeah. It's about whoever's hot. That sucks because they've also shown that, like, that doesn't really work anymore. Yeah. Unless it's Tom That's Cruise. True. And even then, like, Jack Reacher didn't do well. No, no, it didn't. But uh, anyway, so yeah, X-Men, X-Men uh, Apocalypse we didn't even talk about Apocalypse and how much he sucks, or Wolverine and that that lame cameo. Oh, horribly, shamelessly shooed in, and it gets even worse when you hear there was actually supposed to be a scene of all the young X Men at the mall that might actually have built their characters That's and the might movie actually you have want. been That is the movie you want. That they took that out and they're like, no, no, we need to go to Weapon X for a minute. Yeah, and we need to have Wolverine in there because uh, we can't we can't sell an X Men movie without Wolverine. And I like they didn't even have it be a twist or a secret because they were sure to show his claws in the trailer because they knew that would get butts in seats. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, X Men Apocalypse is the I think it's the worst offender on this list because it was boring. Exactly. Like you know, a bad movie I can at least enjoy and laugh at for being a bad movie, but a boring movie. 
I really do feel like I wasted yeah. my money on it. Hey, speaking of a bad movie, I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, and I had the Ooh. best time. Ooh, I didn't subject myself to that. Uh, I'm not as you missed out turtle. because it's so <laughs> fun. I'm trying to do a do a comic pop commentary on it, but no one will sit with me again and watch it. You know what? Maybe I will. Maybe we'll have a fun thing. Like you've seen it, and know what you're talking about, and I'm coming in fresh. Oh, I, it doesn't not... matter. You know, here's the thing. I think it was actually on in the background one day on TV when I was doing something. I looked up for a minute because I'm like, hey, is that dude from Arrow? Yeah. Oh, he sucks. It's awful. Oh, ev everyone is a character assassinated. It's okay. Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. Was it worth the hype? There was none. Uh, did it, <laughs> did it really deserve any was. criticism? It didn't get any because nobody fucking went and saw it, which is hilarious because that teaser or that trailer, it's obvious that studio was just like, the first Here's one was just you garbage. Just total garbage. I saw it. It was just a waste of time. They try, you know, like they're trying to do something and nobody is really out of character. They at least get the characters right as far as the turtles are concerned. Yeah. But everything else is garbage. Uh, and even then the turtles look scary. But uh, then they make the second one. And the second one they're like, okay, we can't change what the turtles look like. All right, that's what they <laughs> look like. They, it would be really weird if we just rebooted it again in a sequel. Uh, but they had an out, which they didn't take, and I'm amazed they didn't take it. But I'll, which I'll get into in a second. But like, Ninja Turtles Two was obviously just okay. Uh, they didn't like it. Why didn't they like it? Because it wasn't like the things they like. What do they like? What What Technic do you guys drums. like? And it was like that scene when they invented Poochie, where they got the yes. kids with the buttons. <laughs> They're like, I don't know why they don't. They seem to like everything. One kid really liked the Speedo Man. Like, so you want a really down to earth show that's also completely off the wall and filled with magic robots? Yeah, that's the Ninja Turtles movie I want. It is. <laughs> uh, so and they made it. They for the, bless them. It's literally like that. And they went, okay, here it is. What would you like to see? And they're like, we would like the turtles to be more fun. Okay, they are. We would like to see less Tony Shalhoub Splinter. Okay, mm. you won't. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to see Casey Jones. Okay, anything else? He has to wear the mask for at least a few seconds longer than he did in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Okay, Kay. done. Uh, what else would you like? I want Bebop and goddamn Rocksteady. They are in it, and they're the big—they're the best gay couple you've ever seen in a movie theater. Those we cast Uncle Ruckus and Seamus from wrestling. They love each other the, uh, in a way I've never seen expressed on screen. They—they <laughs> they are so supportive of each other. They're more supportive of each other than the turtles are. Aww. They are fun to watch. Their CG's hilarious, like because they—they're consistent and they—you know—there's a scene where like Rocksteady actually like rhinos after Casey Jones. I don't care about Casey Jones, but I love those two. They're like they're 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 gut like bumping whenever they succeed, which is <laughs> rare at all, like at best. They're it's it's just fun to watch. They need a spin-off is what you're saying, saying we need the they Bebop really and Rocksteady movie. It's like movie. what else would you like? Baxter Stockman. Uh we don't have enough money for him to be a fly. Well, we'll tease him being a fly in the next one and then they forgot to put that scene in. There. We got Tyler Perry to be Baxter Stockman. That was just which is hilarious. <clears throat> I don't know what that's all about. Uh, maybe he wanted to be in there. I don't know. It was weird. Maybe he's a fan. He's probably a fan. Uh, but they got that in there. Shredder's in there. Krang's in there. Technodrome's in there. Dimension X is in there. Like, everything. The turtle van is in there. Everything's in there. Oh, and nobody liked ba Megan Fox. Make her not as big, but still kind of essential. Okay, done. Oh, but we do like Megan Fox's Th that's the Can thing we show I those? Hate. Yes, we can. <laughs> 
that's the thing I hate about like this transformer cookie cutter like you know plug in to like old franchises right there. What's like oh let's make it all about you know Shia LaBeouf's character and not the cool robots. Let's make it all about Megan Fox and not the cool turtles. I assure you, when the Power Rangers movie comes out, they'll make it about something but not that. Cool. Yeah, they'll be like we we can't use our swords right now because we have to deal with our internal conflict. Like I don't give a fuck about that. I want to see you get big and punch a big monster. Be uh, be sure to come back here this time next year when I will no doubt be bitching about that movie. No question. Um, Ninja Turtles <laughs> Out of the Shadows is the most unintentionally hilarious movie you'll see this year. Uh, don't buy it, but like watch it because it's kind of fun, especially knowing how terrible it is. Yeah. Oh, also at the end of the movie, over uh-huh. the credits, there is a remaking. It's like a it's like a rock version of the Ninja Turtles theme song. Nice. Um, you know how, like, you know the words to your favorite theme song, and you got a friend who also likes the same show, but didn't quite hear the right words, and it Mm. kills you because they always say the wrong lyrics? Yeah, 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 yeah. That happens in that song. Nobody cared enough in that movie to correct the people, the musicians. And so there's a, there, there is one of those, like, often misheard lyrics from Ninja Turtles, like the car, like the theme song. They fuck it up. In the song, no. I can't remember what it is. It's like uh, I can't remember which one it was. It's one of the most. It's one of the often mis misheard ones. They put That's the wrong one great. in there. And I'm like, That's yep. Great. It was the it was the cherry on top of this mm. bullshit Sunday that just made it. <laughs> it made it like, oh, that was worth seeing a matinee. Goodbye. Oh, so good. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Uh, then Suicide Squad came out. Yeah. Which you and I, I remember because we were actually on the same spoiler cast for this one. We didn't really hate it at first. Again, we said we enjoyed the fact that this movie actually seemed to try and get us to enjoy it and not just take it seriously. It's true. Uh, No, Suicide Squad tried. uh, Well, it it had all the potential and all the promise of being, uh, of, of getting it right. Of doing, you know, like, oh shit, everything in DC is miserable and dark. Well, hey. This is these are bad guys who do shitty things. Let's do that. Let's and, and they actually it. seem to be fun and exciting and more fun to hang out with. Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay, <clears throat> there was a little bit of buzz about that movie. People were really excited about Joker. They were really excited about Harley Quinn. They were really mm-hmm. excited about a lot of things. But they were also they also were right to be worried about uh, the movie because you know Batman vs Superman. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, then it came out, and the the criticisms were actually kind of amazing because the 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 criticisms were like there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, yeah, we wanted more of X. I'll admit it was the little things in that movie that surprised me. I didn't think that Diablo Chato Santana would steal the whole show for me. I was excited. I, you know, what's funny. I was excited for all the characters. And yet, uh, the ones that disappointed me the most were just the underutil, like the underuse of the characters. Like Katana was a waste. You made a you made a a, a page accurate costume depiction, and she doesn't do a damn thing. Showed up late in the movie, and she is, says nothing or nothing interesting. No, we she, don't know why she ever started hanging out with Rick Flag. Why is she doing this? Does Waller have anything on her? We don't know. I don't know, but she's a cool character and she has a really great power. But let's not use it or make it work organically in the picture. Yeah, uh, but that felt said, like we just know, needed another face for the poster. Right. Um, 
I think, okay, so the rumors were that they, it was cut, like, 17 times by, like, and ultimately they went with, like, the trailer editor. It feels like it was cut 17 times. It really does. It feels chopped. There's scenes that refer to other scenes that aren't there. It feels out of, out of, out of place. There's um, that great bit in, like, the stairwell where they just burst in from a wall. You don't see where they burst in or where they're even going into. It's like, yeah, they burst in from a wall. They're no, here now. Or in clearly scenes that were reshot. Oh, and the scenes where uh, where Deadshot cares about Harley for no reason. And you're like, there's got to be a scene where they talk to each other. And there is a scene where they talk to each other. But that's not enough for him to not yeah, assassinate her. Yeah, the, fa- the fact that they kind of mess with the great relationship. Well, now I say great in finger quotes. Harley-Joker relationship to where now, at least in the theatrical cut of the movie, he loved her a whole bunch and their relationship was just fine. Weird. Even though it's not. No. They, they romanticized and fetishized an abusive relationship in a big summer blockbuster. Good job. They showed us their relationship from her perspective. Yeah. But from the third person, so... <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it really does, and it's worse in the extended cut. Did did you get a chance to see the extended cut of I Suicide Squad? But I heard it was only like five minutes. It is. They put in a lot of needless bullshit, like scenes where it's like, oh, I see why you cut this because it does absolutely nothing for anybody. But the one bit they added in with the Joker that made me slap my face and go, no, they didn't. <laughs> so, so you, so you remember the bit where like Joker has Harley on like the lobotomy table and yes. he's gonna like hit her with the electrodes oh, that's, and that's everything. That was from the trailer. That was the one scene everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, but guess what? He he says a little more. In this, and he's like, I'm mad at you, Harley, because you tried to help me. You tried to make me forget some of the few memories I have. And that's why I'm going to do this to you. They try and sympathize the Joker. Why would they do that? The most unsympathetic character. And they're like, yeah, well, Harley's bad too, though. That's weird. They they try and demonize a spousal abuse victim. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, like, Harley's not a good person at the end of the day, but... Joker is not sympathetic. He is, he is a monster. He is the devil incarnate. Yeah, he is he's the one character you don't have to develop because he is just what he says he is. Like what a waste. How, how did you like it too that so much of this Joker was clearly informed from the Brian Azzarello work Joker even down to having his henchman Johnny Frost in the movie. He that's, never gets named it, but that's who he is. That's who he is. Yeah, he's credited as such. Uh I I hate Brian Azzarello's writing, and I really hate his depiction of superheroes. So, to make a superhero movie and to depict anything based off Brian Azzarello's influence is an admission of, like, your lack of interest or lack of <laughs> care for those things. You know what it was? It's okay. We got to make a new Joker for this movie. What do we take as inspiration? Um, um. Well, this book is called Joker. Boom. Done. So I guess we'll just run with this then. That's literally it. You know what happened. They were like, well, the cartoon guys are making that Killing Joke movie. What's another Joker one? Ooh, and this one looks like the movies. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. If they used it at all, you know, like, which they, you know, because they didn't give him scars and stuff, at least to distinguish himself from the character, from the from the other guy. I, I would say I hate the Lex Luthor, the movie Lex Luthor version more than this Jared Leto one, even though I think it was equally as overthought, and why didn't anyone step in and try and stop this person? Yes. Weird. I didn't, I, I really don't like Heath, uh, I'm sorry, I love Heath Ledger's. I really don't like Jared Leto's Joker. I didn't like it from the start. There was a lot of hype, hype slash criticism about it, 
all substantiated and all worth it, all totally valued or valid. I still don't like it, and I don't think the problem was that there was too much or there was not enough Joker. I think there was entirely too much Joker in this. Movie. <laughs> oh yeah, you you could excise him from the movie and it would make zero difference. Exactly, or make think... Joker like the Darth Vader of this movie, where you like you don't see him but you know he's there and he's coming. Like you know, just make him into like an urban legend of that movie. Uh I'm sure in early drafts of the script, he only existed in Harley's flashbacks. But then someone said, well, you just can't have him in flashbacks. He's, he's, he's got to show up, though. Well, we cast him. We got him. We we're going to put him in the makeup anyway. Just shoot him in, put him in there, and then people will go see it. The one thing that everybody likes about Dark Knight is the Joker. Yeah. Lame. Um, to, to mention the chat there, yeah, Waller was pretty good, too, even yeah. though she was just an exposition machine. I would have liked to have seen her in a better movie that didn't get hacked to pieces. Yeah, there were there was a lot of uh, Jai Courtney in the only role I've ever liked. The him. role he was born to play, a drunken Australian. Exactly. No, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, that almost works in that movie. I think if they just had another shot, if they, they gave it to a more... Uh, David uh, Ayer wasn't a bad director. I think that he was no. just... He was just sidelined or sandbagged by the or studio entirely that's really what it was and now he's gonna get to do it again with gotham city sirens are we are we gonna get a sequel to suicide squad nope moving on to the next thing nope the one thing that every the one thing that everybody kind of agrees is was would have been really good if you just let him do what he wanted we're not gonna do another one of those it's so weird to see him come back to considering that they basically tore his creation from him and mangled it to fit their own purposes. To see him come back is kind of strange. I'm thinking either they offered him a bunch more money, either he was under contract for multiple movies, or, and this is the nice way I like to think of it, well, Margot Robbie enjoyed working with him, so <laughs> it's like, well, just bring him back for this one. And she then. is a mover and a shaker now. She's the fourth she is. DC. There's no way they're not going to not listen to her, you know? I, I bet you the reason they're moving ahead with a Harley solo project is I'm going to bet you, and I'm sure that this is correct, that Harley sold more Daddy's Little Monster shirts and <laughs> merchandise than Suicide Squad actually made. I bet that's true. That's messed up. It is. That's why they're like, well, we're moving ahead with a new movie for her. Why? Because she made money. She made more money than Batman and Superman, yeah. so she gets another movie. Yeah. And even funny, too, calling it Gotham City Sirens. I bet you this, too. They gave Margot Robbie a big stack of Harley comics to help her get into character and everything. And when they said, well, what do you want to do next? She's like, oh, I like the Gotham City Sirens. Can we do this? And they're like, you sure? You bet we can. Yes! I don't know what that is, but yes! <laughs> We'll just do that then. And here's the thing. I was talking about Matt on this one on the new uh, comic multiverse that's up today. Do you think they will hot topicify Catwoman and Poison Ivy yeah. the same way they hot topicified Harley for Gotham City's Iris? There's no question they're going to do that. They've never put Har Poison Ivy in a movie that wasn't a dumpster fire. Can I, can, can I pitch these right now to all the DC people out there listening? And I'm sure they will. So Catwoman as part of her new costume, we'll just have like a torn crop top that says <laughs> pussy across uh -huh. it in, in like big pink letters. Cause you know, you want it to be cute. Of you course. Be classy. You want to be classy. And then poison <laughs> Ivy will have a bunch of floral tattoos of pot leaves all over her. <laughs> I and you can sell you, those as sleeves in your local hot topic. There's no question that poison Ivy will be able to control plant life. And there will be a scene where they want to get high and she will just call upon <laughs> like a, a vine that will sprout pot leaves and she will pluck them and then and then the next scene will be them all high. 
There's no question <laughs> well, that will happen. Uh, they, they got Skrillex to do, uh, what is it, a big song for a Suicide Squad. Who who did they get to do the Gotham City Sirens one? I'm thinking you either get Kesha, Courtney Love, or someone else there to really, to, you know, really capture the inner trashiness. I would say Kesha, but I don't think she's allowed to be working right now. So it's uh, she's in a weird situation. But, Iggy uh, Azalea. We'll get Iggy Azalea. There you there go. You go. Um, but that said... I don't think that they're going to do, like, I don't think they're going to bondage up Catwoman too much because of that. They want to distance themselves from the Halle Berry Catwoman. Oh, well, now I'm disappointed. Because that is, that is just, what the hell is that? Um, but I, I bet you that she'll, I think, I, I guarantee you that the Catwoman costume will be a variant on the Darwin Cook goggles and everything like well it'll just be which is a good costume i think it'll be that one because that's the one everyone likes it's the one that everyone responds to it's cheap it doesn't have to you don't have to go nuts with it and uh you and it, it'll look good on whatever actor they pick to put it on i'm sure they will they'll, they'll spin the wheel on that yes. one um but uh but yeah suicide squad was i think one of the best dc movies yet it's too to bad I... that they didn't let them have it yeah, like I feel like there's a better version of that movie that exists somewhere in an alternate universe. They've already proven that they don't care or trust this franchise, so just let them make the movie they want to make, for God's to sake. A, to borrow a thing from Sinestro Corps in the chat, Suicide Squad was the shittiest movie I ever enjoyed this year. Yeah. That's fair. That's I'm, pretty fair. I'm going to skip Max Steel. What's Max Steel? <laughs> exactly. And go right to Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange was the last comic book superhero movie that came out this year. Uh, a lot of hype, and I don't think there was any criticism. I think that the the no. the, the the other the only thing that was was concern for it. People were just being like, "Yeah, will everybody everybody in an echo chamber just being like, will everybody else like this movie?" <laughs> but yeah. No one's yeah. saying this movie looks stupid. It was it was fine. It was enjoyable. It was no Civil War. It nope. was no Deadpool. Nope. But it was pretty good. It was it no was Iron Man. It was no uh, Captain America one or two. It was you know it was better than Thor: The Dark World. Uh, yep. That's it's no fair. Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Doctor Strange I, was fine. It, yeah, it, was it was perfectly serviceable. It introduces the character they want to use. Um, you know, and there's a there there's. It's pretty. It's pretty great. It's not really great. It's not. It's. It was not up to the standards I expect for a Marvel movie. I. I think there's something to be said about Doctor Strange and how not every comic book superhero movie needs to by default be an action movie. Because right. the things I enjoyed the most about Doctor Strange were, you know, him rehabbing his hands and him learning the magic and reading, you know, exploring the lore and the world and everything. Yeah. I would have liked more of that. They needed they needed to develop Strange more. They they needed to do a lot of things. In ret like for me I was hyped, I was excited, I couldn't wait to see it because I was just like, man. And finally, we're getting him. And also, I've been I've been excited to see him kind of bridge this world, all the like the the, the kind of uh, the kind of worlds in the Marvel mm. movies together. You know, science, magic, all that crap. Um, I like Ben. And I'm sure you were getting actor, a. So I was excited. I'm sure you were getting him. a contact high too from Tiff over as well. Yes, that's true. Uh, but um, it was. Did it fail to live up to my expectations? I don't know. Maybe, um, but. It was good. Like it was a solid film that was executed well. Did it, you know, give us the Doctor Strange that we really, really 
should expect at this point in Marvel's you know dynasty. I don't think so, but it succeeds in a lot of other ways. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and so for that, you know, it ends strong, so it all kind it of does. comes together. And uh, that last scene, like the post credit scene, that was obviously directed by somebody else. Wonderful. So it, it gives everybody, I think, hope that Doctor Strange will continue to be fun and awesome. Uh, not necessarily like as a character. I don't necessarily like. I don't. I don't see Doctor Strange as like a Iron Man mirror. <laughs> you know, like the awesome facial hair bros for me is the most wince worthy thing that they've like shoehorned into the comics. And I, I know people are really excited to see like if they <laughs> honor that and Bendis being like involved with the movies, you know that there's no way that's not going to happen. <laughs> put my joke in there. Put my joke. Put my joke in there. I'm funny. But uh, it, it's just, it, it'll be cool. It'll be, there'll be, we will see a better Doctor Strange movie in the future. No question. I'm sure we will. So that said, you know, Doctor Strange is cool. Hey, and Killing Joke can go fly a kite it it really can that first 30 minutes jesus christ it's like even when they give you the thing you wanted it is so tainted by that first 30 minutes total waste it was here's the thing um they didn't they they say they 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 cut corners they wasted you know the the talents they took too long mark hamill was too old his joker was too old he didn't sound the way he should. He sounded old. And I don't mean like, you're too old to play these characters. It's just, you that that Joker needs to be young. Needs to be sprung. Yeah. Like, he needs to be, they needed to record that shit because it was all written. They needed to record that shit like 20 years ago. And just animate it now. And, and literally, I was just like, why didn't they just do that? Like when you're making, when they're making like Justice League Unlimited episodes, when they got, when they got him in the, in the booth to do that, that not too great two parter with the Royal Flush Gang and Vegas. Oh, I like that one. Uh, right? I like that one. But you got him in the booth. Hey, Mark, real quick. Kevin is going to swing by. We're going to, we're just going to do a back and forth in the booth. Just, just say these. Jokes. I got two copies. Just read the book and just <laughs> do this. Um, because you just and then you have it in the can and you just worry about it later and then when they had the opportunity just throw it out there because damn like it was just and and Kevin Conroy is my Batman he didn't sound oh yeah he didn't sound into be. it he didn't he wasn't doing it the way it should be done it was just it was it was another gig it's funny you talking about Conroy and Hamill have you been watching Justice League action I have seen scenes from it but I never catch it on TV it's actually pretty solid it's actually pretty charming both Hamill. And Conroy are back I as heard. Joker and Batman, and they sound way more into it and way more alive for this project, actually. That's funny. Uh, it really does. It's funny, too. Uh, Mark Hamill is also Swamp Thing in Justice League action. Awesome. He's awesome. really fucking good at Swamp Thing. He's great, man. They have a whole episode where Swamp Thing fights Solomon Grundy. I'm like, Haha, that's funny, because <laughs> Hamill was also Solomon Grundy in Justice League. That's that's fun. I like that. Yeah, no, um... Also, they brought in Brian Azzarello, known comic book author who hates comic books. So, I don't know what that's all about. Brian Azzarello manages to, like, add... He manages to circumvent what Moore is trying to do. Yeah. I think he fancies himself as talented, which... Oh, I'm sure he is does. ...is what happens when you believe your own hype. Uh, there are scenes where, you know, and it's just padding, you know, they're just like, we'll make it longer. You know, you could release a 40-minute movie... And people will still buy it. 
if it was killing joke, yes, this is one situation where I think they should have stuck to their guns on that one. Or even if that was the case, as we've mentioned before on this topic, package it with another equally short story. I'm sorry, what? I was saying, you know, if if the length was an issue, as we've argued before on this show, just package it with another equally short story. Yeah, yeah, do a twofer. Uh, uh, you could do any any number of Batman stories that are self-contained and fun. Do do, do the man who laughs from Brubaker. Hell, if you want to do some stuff with Oracle and show that she ended up okay, do like a Birds of Prey at the end of it. There was lots of good Gail Simone Birds of Prey <laughs> stories. Do one of those. Yeah. And uh, as they mentioned in the chat, like they cut corners on the animation, and it's not suit. It's not so great. The writing isn't great. The additions are terrible, and it's just it was just a wasted effort. It was a disappointment. We all waited so long for it, and it didn't live up to our expectations, and that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like Homer Simpson. The moral of the story, children, is never look forward to anything. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I think overall this was one of the more uh, comic book superhero movie-packed years. It was. There was like a new one every couple months. It feels weird now that after we're done with Star Wars, there's not going to be another new one for a bit. No, it's true, um, which is kind of weird to think, but it's, it it's, it's kind of good because then we don't have to like read horseshit buzzfeed articles about whether or not like mm. we're experiencing superhero movie fatigue <laughs> i hate those so it's much just like shut up I-, I wonder did back in the day were there articles being like as oh, you know is this western movie fatigue yeah or these sci-fi movie fatigue or these b movie fatigue are we having horror movie fatigue cop movie fatigue hey how about you i'm having fatigue fatigue just knock off uh. and words you don't understand um, the worst part, of course, is when like enough of these articles come out, people who want to like go against the grain start saying it. So you know, even people that normally would like these things, who would think we'd live in an age where like seven or eight huge comic movies came out in one year, and yet we got people who you know would want that every day, who are like, oh, are we getting, are we, are we having fatigue right now, or is there too many going on? Like, come on. Well, they're still making them, so I'm going to say no, no, yeah, not right no, now. They're they're not. Not. Are you having and money they're still fatigue? Making... Because that's yeah. exactly what we're having right now. Because that's that's the problem here. So shut up. They'll go inside... away when they stop making money. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there you have it, everybody. That was our chat. Uh, we we made it. We did the hour. So yeah, we sure uh, that did. was our, uh, our our retrospective, our look back, if you will, on uh, on the movies, the comic superhero movies that came out in 2016. Not including yeah. Max Steel, whatever the hell that was. Uh, is, is that like based on the old cartoon Max Steel? Or, or am I thinking Action Man? There was both. Action yeah. Man. <laughs> there, there was like two CGI cartoons about square-jawed guys who fought crime yeah. or something. It was like extreme sports in there, I think. Yeah, that was definitely Action Man. <laughs> I think you're right. Amp it up, Action Man. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Elseworlds Exchange. We'll see you next time. Of course, don't forget to check out all the rest of the stuff on Caped Joel. Uh, the comic multiverse came out today, so you can check out that great podcast. Um, and of course, watch our holiday special and stay tuned for tonight when we release our back issues holiday special. That's right, we do a nice. holiday special that's back issues themed. We did two holiday specials this year, actually three, because we also have a letters page that's holiday special themed. Decent. So a lot happening this week on Comic Pop, and of course a lot happening over on Cape Joel. Check it out. Go over to youtubecom slash Joel and subscribe. Please do. Check them out, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, I'm Sal. That's Joel. I'm Joel. 
So long, gang. Marry everybody. Yes, marry whatever.